0: Hi, welcome back to Red Dice Diaries with Hannah and John. Hello! And today I'm going to be making a randomly generated map just to show one of the techniques that I've got for map making. Uh, Hopefully you'll be able to take a few ideas from it even if you're not going to be using it exactly.
1: Yeah, and just to point out, Hannah's actually down there where we've got the other camera set up. There you go, you can see the arm there she's going to be looking down there if you see my hands or waving in front of this camera now Now, you'll probably see, there'll probably be a bit of judder on the the sort of main screen because we're using my mobile as the only other camera we've got sort of across the wireless with all manner of jiggery-pokery, but hopefully that'll be fine, and we're going to be putting this on our YouTube channel, because obviously it's fairly visual, but also we're going to be putting it as a podcast episode, so I'm going to be like the voiceover man for this, and me and Hannah are going to be sort of talking through it as we go along. So, do you have a crack off, love? Indeed. So, for starters,
0: if you're looking at the screen right now, you can see a selection of stuff on a big piece of paper.
1: Nice of them red dice there, staying
0: (laughs) on brand. Indeed. So we have a pile of red dice of various different numbers. We've got some D10s, some D6s, a couple of D20s. I think there's a D30 in there. We've got... A few beads of s- different colours. Yep. And these are just beads because I have loads of beads and they happen to be useful. You could use War Games dice for this, you could use dried peas, dried maples, rites, whatever you like. Uh, we've got a little sprinkling of grey ones, a little sprinkling of green ones a very small amount of little wooden ones in the shape of hearts uh, sorry in the shape of flowers and a fair amount of little blue ones in the shape of hearts we've also got a couple of very big snowflake ones a pile of d4s and a load of unique beads and then I've got a load of
1: and this is mostly just stuff you've like scavenged from your like crafting yeah, supplies it's and just a stuff dice box. i pulled out
0: of my crafting supplies again you could use uh dice of different colors for this you could use any old tat you want it's just something small that you can scatter on a bit of paper
1: yeah
0: uh i've used the big snowflake ones because i want to have a couple of big icy places on okay,
1: my okay cool
0: my map's going to have a forested area or some forested areas that's what the green ones are going to be it's going to have some wasteland areas that's what the gray ones are going to be okay cool it's going to have some farmland
1: which is the brown little ones
0: yeah and it's going to have lots of settlements because it's going to be a whole continent this map okay The settlements are going to be the Little Blue Hearts. And we've got one big blue heart. That's going to be the capital city. All
1: right, so let's get to the most important stuff. What are the red dice for?
0: (laughs) The red dice are going to be for mountains. Nice. The D4s are going to be for rivers, lakes...
1: Bodies of water.
0: And islands. And the other ones, the stuff that's just like random craziness are going to be points of interest. Cool. So we're gonna take all of these, we're gonna stick them in.
1: This is the point where I should probably advise you that it's on at home to have the dust pen and brush on standby, if you know what I mean, because uh, this is about to get messy uh-huh. up in here.
0: I don't know if you can see on the cropping, but I'm actually doing this on the lid of a really useful box so that I've got a little tray around the edge. To yeah, cause it's got like a little raised box, or not
1: A little raised edge on the box.
0: Give it all a good shake. Yep. And then scatter it round on paper. Give it a bit of stir around if you're not quite happy with it. You know, you're just going for a random sprinkling of stuff. Maybe spread some out a bit. Make a couple of different land masses.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm having like nearby you can't. flashbacks.
0: <laughs> That's the look I was going for with the video. Yep. So reasonably happy with that. I've got a couple of different sort of Spread out areas. Yeah. Yellow pen. It's yellow because it's the sand. It's the beach. It's the coastline. And there's loads of different ways you can hold your pen. John went to university and did art. He'll be able to tell you all sorts of stuff about that. But I'm holding it at the very end because it makes it sort of wander about a bit.
1: So Hannah is now drawing around all the collections of different items using the yellow pen to create the shape of the islands that are going to be on her final map.
0: I've also got one sit or one settlement way out here but I'm thinking I want to have some like ocean going people of some kind. Some sort of sunken city
1: wasn't it? Maybe.
0: Next up mountains and this is kind of a fiddly one this is your red
1: dice john good i'm gonna be getting to it so you're using like a black sort of pen for that you? yeah so i've got a black pen i'm
0: lifting up the dice
1: that's not a red dice.
0: oh i apologize that's an orange dice
1: that's see these red people, red people who can't even tell what a red dice is
0: i'm lifting up the dice and i'm writing the number that is on the dice
1: okay so if you don't mind me asking, what does the, the number represent? Is it like the height to the mountain? Or? Indeed
0: it is. It's going to be the highest point on the mountain.
1: Okay. Hannah's now repeating this process, lifting up all of the red dice one by one and writing the number shown on the dice underneath using the black pen, which, as she says, represents the highest peak in that particular mountain range. You'll probably see it as well. Her bandana getting in the way of the camera there. Unfortunately, this is unavoidable because we've only got a small room here, not like a big studio like those YouTube professionals. So we had to make do with the space we've got. So now you've got all your numbers written out for your mountains. Yep. So what's next then? Next is to
0: mark in the points of interest. So
1: you're and not going to like draw around your mountains or anything yet? We'll
0: get there, we'll get there. Okay. So... All the different beads I've got, I've got so that they're different symbols. And I can do that by copying the symbol.
1: Okay.
0: The bead is. So you got a
1: little smiley face there for that one.
0: Yeah. Or what is probably easier with this many points of interest in the map can effectively number them but because I've already got numbers on my map letter them
1: okay so
0: that is the first one
1: so a a, it's a. Hannah now makes her way around the map, lifting up all of the individual miscellaneous beads one by one and putting a letter code in their position on the map using the black pen, remembering what bead goes with which code. Obviously, you could write this down on a bit of scrap paper or an index card, since, as you'll see later on, the type of bead or whatever you're using may help give you some inspiration for what the point of interest actually is okay so you've got you you've wrote down letters for your for your points of interest so what's next on the the so agenda next item
0: is the rivers the lakes okay. and the islands uh so d4s yep getting a blue pen yep. and we're looking at all the ones that are on land, which is all of them at the minute, but we'll probably do another scatter of the D4s again in a bit. Okay. But on a one like this one mm-hmm. we're marking a water source on the sorry, on on or near each of the points. All the ones on a two, we're getting a small lake at the one point. Okay. And by that I mean, on a dice like this, the number two is the point that's facing up. Yep. And then each of the other three points has a number on it. The point that has a number one. We're drawing a little
1: blue lake. Hannah repeats this process for the other dice showing a two, drawing a small blue blob representing a lake. Okay. It's looking fairly lake tastic that little bit. Uh-huh. That's on a two as well. Yeah, so little lake there.
0: And that's also on a two little
1: lake there Okay
0: um, Oh and that one. Then we've got a couple of threes and um, on a three we're going to have two lakes and that there is a four and on a four we're going to add D6 of large lakes in
1: the sea
0: six lakes I should have rolled that on the camera and now it's never going to hit a six again it was a six I promise you
1: six well it's people fudging dice disgraceful
0: blobs roughly where the dice was they don't have to be right into each other but we've got some lakes there. So we will circle back around to that and put the islands on in a bit.
1: hmm uh, When you sorry, just to butt in, when you say the islands, haven't you already drawn the islands?
0: Well, I have, but it's nice to have some like little coastal islands and points okay, as cool. well which i do pretty much with the same method scatter the d4s on there and then the ones that land on coastlines you put a lake on the inside or a water source on the inside and an island on the outside okay we'll get there um, but next step is to look at the different types of terrain so we're having wasteland which is going to be gray Yep. And forest which is going to be green okay oh and farmland which is going to be a different shade of green so I think forest light green farmland bright green and uh, wasteland gray and I'm just going to check that these colors aren't too dark and are different enough from each other And that also handily gives me a
1: place to make a little key for what each one is. Yep. Yeah. Now, obviously, some of these colours, like the yellows, etc., aren't showing up particularly well on the, the camera. But we'll take a few sort of like higher quality pictures of the the map and sort of put it in at the end so you can get like more of a detailed look at it. Before she starts colouring in the terrain, Hannah puts small purple Xs where the little blue heart beads are representing the cities or settlements with a slightly larger X showing where the larger bead or the capital city is located.
0: You can start to see certain things like appearing on the map as you're looking at it now. We've got mountains here with city in between, like, a high mountain there, a high mountain there, two little towns on either side. Yeah. And then just down the coast, into the much colder area, that's where the big city is. How's that happened? It's just a nice way to sort of world build. with. Yeah,
1: sort of, like, gives you, like, a a bit of a start, and then obviously you can fill it in with your own ideas as you're going along. And, like you say, it gets you to ask these questions of yourself, like... Mm -hmm why is the capital city in the colder area why are there two little towns in like this mountain pass or whatever you decide it is hannah then goes round the map removing the gray beads and shading in the area where it was located in gray to represent wastelands and what we'll do is hannah's basically written herself up like a simple sort of list of all of these things that she's talking herself through now and when we post the, a link to this up on the blog We'll put a link to the Excel file that you've created your list in, yep. so you can have a look at afterwards and sort of follow along if you want, or maybe use it as the start of some inspiration for your own. next Hannah removes the beads that represented the forest and shades in those areas in a vibrant shade of green.
0: That's all our forested areas, yep, and then we've got farmland areas.
1: And that's in your sort of slightly lighter shade of green
0: and then we are left with the icy bits and those I'm going to draw around with a pen Okay, just wriggly line so that we've got a light coloured patch. Hello pussy cat. Around that area. Would you like to help? Are you gonna get on the camera? No. (laughs) You're just gonna taunt us. And then I'm gonna mark the icy areas with a little snowflake to remind me that that's an icy
1: place so how come you've not drawn like an area in that center island are you just assuming that the whole Uh, island's assuming the whole
0: island is icy okay and you can use whatever symbols you like to mark things I probably should have just used a different colour of blue to outline it. Yeah, I saw it. But we're kind of short on different blue pens. <laughs> That's yeah.
1: helpful. As you can see, our cat phantom is very interested well, in what's, what's going on. Especially since it's at, on, at floor level. For the next step, Hannah scatters another handful of D4s onto the map surface.
0: So, going to go through again and do different stuff depending on what number they've landed on and where they are okay so first up are there any that are completely on land yeah loads of them that one that one that one that one
1: and the orange one and the the orange
0: one's on the edge of the coast um so if it's on land and it's on a three we get two small lakes If it's on land and it's on a two, we get one lake at the one point. And that's all the ones that were on land, isn't it? Yeah. So then Ones that are completely in the sea. If it's on a one, we add a tiny island at the number four point. If it's on a three, we add two tiny islands near the two point.
1: I'll say, there on them in yellow.
0: Okay, and that's all the ones that are completely in water. Then, on the coastline, if it's on a 1, we add an island at each point offshore. So, there. There's only one point that's offshore, there's our little island. Uh, That's a 1, only one point offshore, there's our little island. If it's on a 2, we add a lake on or between the inland points. So that's a two, there's a lake, that's a two, there's a lake, there's a lake, cause that had two of its points on the pa- on the land side of the paper. If it's on a three, We're marking a narrow river mouth, and if it's on a four, we're marking a wide river delta, and then we're on to the connect the dots stage.
1: For her next step Hannah begins by using a red pen and drawing a triangle where the locations of mountains have been previously plotted. You could draw in elevation lines if you wanted at this stage but Hannah decided to keep it simple for this example and it's just going with a small red triangle to represent the mountains. Once that is done she then draws in a few rough outlines of rivers using the points where water sources and lakes have been plotted as a broad guideline as to where to place them. After that, she's going to put some more detail and thought into the previously established points of interest. Um, If we just do a couple of these. Next Hannah replaces the point of interest beads, the random assortment that we had earlier, back in their original position. And is going to use the actual appearance of the bead to base the point of interest around. For example, there's a little wine bottle that landed there. Why
0: is that place associated with wine? Got grapes. <laughs> and so, and you can, it helps you continue to build the world. Um, a button. Maybe that's a place that's really well known for its tailoring.
1: Yeah, or like maybe maybe they grow like textiles there or whatever. Yeah, it's a big textile area or a big sewing area or whatever
0: but yeah we ended up with um, quite a good little scattering so I'm going to put them back on so we can get a picture hopefully <laughs> roughly what they were Um uh, I'll probably end up with a completely different number of Beads to Stuff But anyway uh
1: Isn't that number I'm five gonna... be a mountain as well
0: It will I've missed a couple of other mountains Should have counted how many red dice I used Because if I'd been really smart I wouldn't have let the cat walk across Where this stuff was
1: I know that was there Well we we talked about Perhaps there'd been some great natural disaster In the the history of the world (laughs) Some sort of giant beast Ravaging the landscape Sounds like a fantasy world to me
0: Right that's close enough For demonstration purposes Of what we're doing So What we've got now We've got where the mountains are, what sort of land is around, and these little point of interest things to help us come up with other ideas for the world. Yeah. So over here we've got the capital city. We need for that one here. It's right in the middle of this icy land. Why is the biggest city right in the middle of all the ice?
1: see if if it was me i was going to say the the first reason that springs to mind and it's obviously not the only one is like maybe the city's like well ancient and it was there before it was an icy land and sort of out of tradition they sort of keep it there or maybe i mean we're assuming that this is like a human-led world Mm -hmm. what if it's not what if like the main civilization in this world are like dwarves and that and we know dwarves they love a mountain city they love a frosty city or maybe in this world, perhaps like the sort of icy lands, maybe that's where like the humans originally came from, and they moved south into like um, the more fertile lands. But they sort of like again, out of tradition, they sort of like to remember where they came from. They keep the city in the icy lands.
0: See, I, I would have gone with um, some sort of geothermal based. Yeah, I
1: mean, they, they could be like hot springs Feeding or something, or as well. Volcano yeah. under there. But yeah. there's, there's plenty of options and uh, like i say that's that's what this is all about giving yourself options and giving it. yourself ideas and
0: i think those were that way around because i remember when they scattered first i noticed that the two little musical bells were both on this continent
1: see the two bells scream them. to me that that's some sort of like religious based island you know like church bells and whatnot <laughs>
0: See, I was thinking possibly some sort of cultural center where all the bards of this city end up because they can 't afford to live in the city now,
1: anybody be going to give give some punk ass bards an island
0: oh <laughs> i wasn 't suggesting that they were given it. I was just suggesting that they end up there
1: see whereas it 's quite icy there 's a mountain on that. I could see it being like a Almost like a monastic sort of like retreat, like Mm -hmm. an isolated mountain monastery or something. You know, where like maybe maybe they've been built there. So like at certain times of the day, the people in the capital are like, oh, we can like hear the bells in the distance. That'd be a nice thing to throw in there with your player characters. You know, like you say, oh, it's uh, know it's midday, you hear bells ringing off in the distance, and one of the locals goes, oh, that's uh, I can hear the bells in the monastery of Saint Swithins or whatever.
0: So yeah, that's what all the point of interest stuff's about. Then what we're gonna do is
1: joining up the biomes. In order to expand the biomes that are on the map, Hannah takes the pens that she the colours that she had previously and she uses them to expand the various different areas, the forest, the wasteland, the farmland etc allowing them to take on a more organic shape as she draws filling in the various areas not completely but to expanding the existing biomes and taking on a much more interesting and natural shape but being guided by the elements that have already been placed upon the map and this stage is down to personal preference you can continue this as extensively as you see fit or you can stop a little earlier it's really down to whatever you feel suits your map if you want it to be entirely covered in forest that's great it's down to you this is mainly an idea generator of your game <laughs> <Smart>. <laughs> so there we are we hope you've enjoyed this short video Explaining one of the ways in which you could possibly use a map as a source of visual inspiration For your starting or maybe continuing campaign The picture you can see on the screen now is the sort of mostly finished map To the stage Hannah got it to at the end of the video when we link to this in our blog at www.reddicediaries.com we're going to put a link up to Hannah's spreadsheet list that she created to help guide her through this process and we'll also put up the pictures so you can have a look at a more high resolution version of those. We hope you've found this useful. Whether you're listening to the YouTube version or the podcast version, we appreciate it's probably a little bit easier on the YouTube version because obviously this is a visual exercise. It's designed as a sort of visual prompt to get you to ask questions about your campaign world. But we hope that you get something out of it and that maybe if you give it a try you'll let us know how it goes for you. So until we see you again Take care, stay safe, and whenever you're playing, have fun.